Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. Today, we're talking to Peter Scott, Technical Director from Origin Fertilizers, and Ben Lowe, National Forage Manager from Agri. What can farmers do to balance input costs with improving their grassland performance? What can that mean for the livestock enterprise? How can we rethink grassland fertilizer, as fertilizer is animal feed? Well, let's ask the experts. So, good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning, Tony. Good morning to you. So, Peter, if we could come to you first. So, tell us more about the use of fertilizer on UK grassland. You know, what is happening? Good question. Uh, first and foremost, Tony, I think it's worth setting the scene uh, when we're talking about grass and making a few comments and facts uh, around what we're actually dealing with. Grass is the largest crop, single crop area in the UK. We've got about six and a half million hectares of managed grass, so that's excluding rough grazing. So that's grazed uh, grass and, and uh, silage and hay. Um, and it actually accounts in a fertilizer context for about 30% of the total fertilizer market. So in round numbers, that's round, round about 1 million tonnes of fertiliser. So if we said average spend £500 per tonne, we're talking about grassland farmers in the UK spending, give or take, £500 million per annum on fertiliser. And I've got a strong belief that we need to change the narrative on that, uh, the way we look at that fertiliser. You know, in an arable context, we quite often use the term when we talk about fertiliser, we talk about it as plant food. And I think what we've got to, to, to think in terms of fertilizer on grassland farms is to think of that fertilizer as animal food. That's, that's a big change in approach, isn't it? So wh- where do we start in terms of rethinking, as you called it, the narrative? Yep, uh, we've got to understand what we're working with. And that means analyzing our inputs. Where are our nutrients coming from? So on a grassland farm, we need to not just analyze the soil that's growing the grass, but we also need to analyze the, the, the grass as it's growing or the grass as it's cut in the case of silage and take mineral analysis. And we also need to be doing more analysis uh, of manures, uh, slurries, um, all the sources of nutrient input, and then pulling all that together into a nutrient management plan so that we're actually then calculating and, and um, the right amount of each nutrient from fertilizer for that specific field. And Ben, if I can come to you, you know, how many grassland farms in the UK are carrying out this depth of analysis? Traditionally, Tony, um, I would say, to be fair, probably not enough. Um, but what I would say is last year we saw increases in all sorts of input costs on farms, um, especially on mixed farms, um, livestock enterprises, whether that be fertilizer or, or feed in particular. And what that did do is it really um, drew the attention to those input costs and and actually started raising a lot of questions around what is being spent and where. Um, It focused the mind, for want of a better phrase, for for quite a few. And and many did start doing that um, in-depth quantification, I guess, of of what their forage holds, what their soil holds from a, a nutrient content. Um, but then also their slurries and manures, as, as Peter's mentioned, um, and some of the uh, the feedback was was really quite stark in actually, once they've quantified what is available to them or not available to them, um, how their uh, approach would differ um, for the better in many ways um, from what they would normally traditionally do on a on a more routine basis year by year. 
So, Peter, when can farmers start to carry out this analysis in order to understand their grassland better? That's, that's, a, that's a really good question, Tony, and, and the, the simple answer is any time. The beauty of the grassland system is it's, it's a continuous loop so that you, you can start it at any time. So, you know, if you're thinking of starting it now, start with some soil analysis. Make sure that you've got your soil analysis no more than five years old for any given field. If you're going to be, you know, um, applying uh, slurries or manures, you know, look at an, analy- having them analysed. Take samples of fresh grass. When you cut your silage, take a sample of the of the silage and have it uh, have a mineral analysis taken, so that you actually understand what the nutrient content of the grass is. So, Peter, this analysis, how does it help us do things differently, and what are the benefits? Yeah, if we, if we think of fertilizer on a, on a grassland farm as part of the feed cycle, rather than thinking of it as a bolt-on uh, purchase, I think that's the starting point. One of the big differences between arable crops and grass is that a livestock farmer is producing grass for his own internal market. Fundamentally, he's growing, he or she is growing grass to be eaten by the livestock on that farm. And so there's two issues or challenges. One is we need to produce enough grass, so the quality, the quantity of grass. And the second aspect is, is the quality of that grass that we're producing. Um, and I think there's an opportunity if we rethink fertilizer and, and use our integrated analysis to make sure that we're, we're identifying the correct uh, nutrient inputs and the, and, the, and the correct balance. That gives us an opportunity to produce the right quantity of grass, but almost as important, if not more importantly, influence the quality from a feeding perspective. So we can actually use fertilizer to grow the grass but also to improve the nutritional quality. So what do I mean by that? An example would be, I think one way of rethinking it is is to encourage farmers to say, right, I'm going to grow X hectares of silage. What quality of silage am I looking for in terms of digestibility, protein, energy, nutrient content, mineral balances? And then have that discussion with your advisor because there's things that we can do in determining the right fertilizer that will directly impact on that feed quality. So for example, not only do we want to get the right protein level, we want to get a high level of amino acids, true true proteins. So we need to be thinking of how much nitrogen am I putting on and therefore how much sulfur do I need in relation to that nitrogen to optimize the protein content. There's things that we can do around palatability and digestibility. So getting more sodium into the grass to improve the dry matter intake, the the palatability and intake but also to get the balances, some of the key mineral balances, right? So for example, that balance between potassium and magnesium, potassium and sodium that improve the feed quality, reduce the risk of conditions such as hypomagnesemia, grass staggers. So there's a lot we can do with fertilizer if we take a more analytical approach to actually improving the feed quality of grass. And that makes perfect sense. It really does. And is this just as relevant between those growing grass for ensiling as well as those growing grass for pure grazing? Yes, absolutely. I, I don't really differentiate between between the two in that sense. Uh, again, with grazed grass, we need to be looking at fertilizer programs little and often. We need to be thinking of fertilizer in terms of how much grass is actually growing, how much grass do we need, what quality of grass do we do we need, how are we going to improve that dry matter, maximize that dry matter? intake. Your big challenge with grass is optimizing grass utilization. 
and ensuring that as much of the grass that's growing is is is, is actually being uh, eaten by the livestock. So again, you know, simple things we can do that have been you know well understood for a long time. So for example, applying sodium, we know that it increases the sugar content of grass. So lots of little simple things we can do um, just by taking that step back and thinking about it before simply picking up the phone and saying, well, I've, ordered, I've always had straight nitrogen or 2010-10, so I'll, I'll have the same again. And Ben, let's think of this from the, the farmer perspective. You know, what Peter's talking about are really significant benefits if we get this right. Should farmers be listening to this advice and taking this really seriously? Absolutely, Tony. Um, and of course, the knock-on impact when it is that we are, you know, really looking into the into the um, nutrition of both the soil and the forage that you're producing as a grower really massively impacts down the line in terms of, you know, the, the reduction in, in bought in feed. Um, we'd seen that the cost of inputs uh, around livestock feed and in particular, um, you know, imported feed um, constituents really increased last year. Um, so getting the most from your forage and, and getting everything, uh, not only just yield, but quality of it, um, you know, drives massive benefits all the way down the line. The 2023 Agri Guide to Grass and Roots is now available. This is a golden edition of the document to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Master Lays. Follow the link in the podcast bio to download the document. And, and so, Peter, you know, what is the actual role of fertiliser in improving that grass quality? I, I know you've touched on that, but tell us a little bit more about that. Interesting, going back to what I said at the beginning, you know, the, the, the total market uh, on, on grassland uh, for fertiliser is around, around about a million tonnes, just over a million tonnes a year. It's actually dominated by one nutrient, which is nitrogen. And yes, we need that nitrogen because it drives uh, our, our grass production. Um, but we need so much more than nitrogen to, to produce the right quality of grass. So I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, about sulfur for every 100 kilograms of, of nitrogen we're, we're applying, we should be looking at applying 20 to 30 kilograms of sulfur. Sulfur in its own right will drive dry matter growth, but more importantly, what it will do is help the plant take up that nitrogen and convert it into uh, protein. One of the downsides to excess nitrogen, for example, in, in, in silage, uh, if a farmer cuts grass to, to ensoil and it's too high in nitrogen, at the point of, of cutting, we end up with a lot of nitrate in the grass, i.e. not converted into protein. It reduces the feed value, but it will also reduce the uh, quality of the fermentation. So that's one example is looking at not nitrogen in isolation, but 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 looking at it alongside uh, sulfur because the two work hand, uh, hand in glove. The other nutrient that grass requires in significant quantities is potash. Grass requires almost as much potash as, as it does nitrogen, but the animal doesn't require that quantity of potash. Yes, the animal requires some potash, but it actually requires a lot of calcium, magnesium, and sodium in relation to that potash. So we need to feed potash to grow a crop of grass, but we need to be really careful that we don't end up with an excess of potash in relation to the animal's nutritional requirement. It's well understood because if we end up with too much potash in relation to other nutrients, you, you increase the risk of hypomagnesemia, um, grass staggers. Quite often I get people saying to me, particularly vets and nutritionists, we need to look at reducing the amount of potassium, uh, particularly in silage fertilizer, because we're running a risk of hypomagnesemia. And to me, that's a classic uh, microcosm of the problem. We cannot look at one nutrient in isolation. 
So my answer to that is it's not that the potassium in the grass is too high. It's that there's not necessarily enough calcium, magnesium and, so and sodium in relation to that amount of potassium. We need that potassium to grow the crop. So what we actually then need to do to get the mineral balances right is to make sure that we're also getting calcium, magnesium and sodium into the grass to balance out that high level of potassium. So it's all about looking at mineral balances, which will help improve the feeding quality of the grass from an animal health perspective. And that's why I say at the beginning, we need to rethink fertilizer and not just think of it as growing grass, but as growing a certain quality of grass from a nutritional point of view. It is fundamentally part of the animal feed system on a livestock farm. Uh, ben, what are you thinking as you listen to uh, Peter's expert advice there? What are you thinking? Because I know you've got livestock of your own, haven't you? We're all looking at these things slightly differently. We're all now starting to to really value that response from attention to detail um, and really tailoring these and, and, you know, seeing the results. You know, we can see that the results are there. They're clear to be seen um, and um, unquantifiable for the benefits that they can bring it not only increasing and, and uh, improving the quality of forage on farms, um, but of course, uh, decreasing additional inputs that are you know, currently being uh, paid for on farms. And Ben, can you think of some of the farms perhaps that you speak to where this attention to detail could make a real difference to their livestock performance? Oh, there's many. Um, you know, even it, it even if we we take one farm in in its own uh, in its own right, never mind several businesses. You know, we know that farms across their area change uh, and and vary massively. Um, so that then translates from a whether it be a soil type, a soil nutrient, or uh, grass mixtures that are on those uh, fields. Um, that that then gives you a variation in terms of the grass that's being harvested, whether that be yield, uh, but even more importantly, as Peter's been discussing. Um, really well today, the quality of that grass that comes in. We know that consistency is the key driver for performance within livestock, and we need to ensure that consistency throughout the cuts, uh, without the grazing platforms um, and the uh, and the performance that that, uh, that that grassland gives. What I'm hearing from you is that it isn't just about that nitrogen. It is about a balanced approach in terms of nutrition, and that's the key to efficiency. Have we got that right? It goes back to the point I was making about of that one one point million tons of grass and fertilizer. It's dominated by nitrogen, um, and we need that nitrogen to, to to grow our grass. But to get the best utilization or, or efficiency of the nitrogen that we're applying, we need balanced nutrition. And in actual fact, that goes back a step. It's the most basic fundamental of that of nitrogen use efficiency is making sure we've got the pH right. And, and that's not the case in a lot of livestock farms. We need to make sure that we get the pH right to get the nitrogen uptake um, as, as effective as possible. But we also need to have our, our phosphate, potash, sulfur, calcium, magnesium, sodium, other nutrients need to be in balance, which will determine from our integrated analysis for the plant to be able to take up nitrogen and utilize it efficiently, i.e. convert that nitrogen into protein and amino acids. So Peter, how, how do we know that this makes sense, that scientifically this is going to lead to an improvement? We, we've got world-renowned uh, research in this country on grass and nutrition from fertilizers. A classic example um, was work done by University of Bangor in North Wales, where they looked at um, the impact on livestock performance of uh, with, with dairy cows, looking at um, paddocks fertilized with pure, which is straight nitrogen, 
and they compared that to paddocks fertilized with nitrogen plus sodium. So the only difference between the treatments was the addition of sodium and it had huge uh, quantifiable benefits. So it increased uh, grazing time, it increased walking distance, dry matter intake was increased by around 18%. Uh, it re uh, reduced somatic cell counts. So there was improvements, direct improvements in animal health. And all of that led to increased milk output of around about 9% uh, just from the addition of sodium to complement the uh, nitrogen. And fundamentally what that sodium was doing was increasing the sugar content of the grass, making it more palatable, driving dry matter intakes up uh, and also improving the, the nutrient balance within the animal. So the sodium was in, improving the pH, it was buffering the pH within the rumen, uh, reducing uh, incidence of acidosis. So that, this, the addition of one simple nutrient such as sodium alongside that key driver of growth, nitrogen, had quantifiable benefits in terms of animal performance and output. And Ben, what would you encourage livestock farmers to do differently after listening to this uh, really valid advice? I think many growers are already thinking differently, as we've discussed following on from, from last year and the catalyst behind, um, looking at where they spend, how they spend and, and how they go about quantifying their inputs on farm. And it's just all about keeping that up and maintaining it, um, regardless of where uh, the market may well be for input costs, especially around fertilizer and, and nutrition, as, as Peter's discussed. It's maintaining that and keeping that attention to detail. And also, even from my own point of view, being in, involved with, with livestock um, outside of uh, my role within Agri, you know, that balancing of nutrition that Peter keeps talking about today we're often looking at balancing nutrition and diets for, for livestock, whether that be grazed grass, haylage, silage, maize, whatever it could be throughout forage, to be fair, as a an ensiled or a harvested product. But Peter, so well today, I think, has, has drawn our attention to balancing that, that nutrition, balancing that diet for the grassland crop pre-harvest, pre-ensiling, uh, grazing, whatever it may well be for the for the livestock ration that we, we're used to spending so much time on. And we need to give that same sort of um, uh, vision of thought to a, a, a nutritional uh, diet effectively for, for our very, very valuable grassland within the UK. Thanks, Ben. And at the start of this podcast, Peter, you spoke of rethinking grassland fertiliser. So what would you encourage UK livestock farmers to do and think differently? Firstly, I'd urge livestock farmers to stop and think before making a purchase decision on fertiliser. Um, I'm Scottish, so money's close to my heart. The most expensive fertiliser is the wrong fertiliser. So let's take time to do the analysis, understand the analysis of our soil, of, of the grass we're growing, of any manures we're applying, understand that fertiliser can play a role in improving the feeding quality of the forage and use those analytics, get good advice from somebody to pull it all together and to give you the right fertilizer for your farm. Thank you, Ben and Peter. Thought-provoking technical advice when it comes to rethinking grassland fertilizer. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.